0: Welcome to Connecting the Dots podcast. Join us as we take a deep dive into the keys to recognizing African history and experiences. Here's your host, Deborah Calhoun. Welcome to Connecting the Dots. I am your host, Deborah Calhoun, and this is a podcast where we will dig deeper into a range of subjects and events key to understanding the African global community's history and experience at home and abroad. Today, we are going to continue our discussion that we began in talking about the 100-year commemoration of the Tulsa massacre in 1921. And we must remind ourselves that Tulsa did not op- operate in a vacuum, it did not happen in a vacuum, It's part of Standard Operating Procedure, Racism 101, United States of America, anytime, any place. Pick a day and we know what was going on. So today we want to, or I want to tease out a bit, some of those other cities, some of those other locations where black community, African communities were under duress. Um, and again, part of the Standard Operating Procedure, I want to start with just the whole, remind folks of our audience of the general context of what was going on before Tulsa 1921. World War I had ended. We were coming home as men serving in various menial labors with the U.S. military, uh, grunt work, dog work, but work nonetheless. And we have one of our most important intellectuals and activists, Dr. W.E.B. Du Bois talking about we return fighting that is we are not going to take racism sitting down we're not going to be sheep led to the slaughter we are going to defend ourselves as we build black and African communities wherever we may find ourselves Um, we know that again Tulsa was not the first And I just want to talk about a few of the places of the 56 riots that happened in this country against unarmed African-American community. And what is significant about the year 1919 is that this was the first time that year where we fought back because we had the intellect to do it. We had the capacity to do it. And we had, to an extent, the means with which to do it. We did not take this line down. Rather, we took to heart our involvement in protecting and building self-defending African-American communities. Um, So I want to start with maybe some of the early dislocations and just rattling off where they happened and some of the outcome. And we'll sum up and talk about some of the outcome near the end of our discussion today. In Georgia, in Jenkins County, uh, we find that churches were burned, Masonic lodges were burned. And this, again, is in the year 1919. Charleston, South Carolina, 18 African-American men killed, along with doctors, along with farmers, along with average everyday citizenry. In fact, in Charleston, they imposed martial law to keep African-American community in their homes after the riot. And who would have thought of such a thing? In Longview, Texas, four men were killed off of the supposition that white rights had been violated. In Bisbee, Arizona, where a community attacked the U.S. 10th Cavalry, also known as what we would know as the Buffalo Soldiers. But the community attacked the cavalry who was charged with helping this country so-called clear the West for the United States government. And white folks couldn't stand the fact that black men had guns, had served in the military, so they attacked the cavalry and set off a riot. Garfield, Pike, Garfield Park in Indianapolis. A seven-year-old girl was wounded. Gunfire broke out. Nobody knows who fires the first shot, but mob violence was the rule. Washington, D.C., four days of mob violence against African-American community, many of whom who were in the military and in uniform. And that's important for us to acknowledge that many of these men coming home put on their uniform to defend their community, and dominant society got upset at it. And attacked them for being in a U.S. military uniform. Washington, D.C., four days of riot. Um, National Guard had to be called out. Woodrow Wilson tried to set some sense of calm, but he really basically did nothing. NAACP tried to appeal to Woodrow Wilson to no avail. Norfolk, Virginia, in July, attacked. African community during a homecoming celebration for African-American men who served in World War I. So men who gave their blood, again, for something that they would never see, something that they could only hope for, that thing of capital D democracy, not at their, not within their grasp for them to take advantage of. Norfolk, Virginia, homecoming celebration, sets off a riot, six people killed, Chicago, same thing. biggest massacre because of segregation along Lake Michigan, um, a young man, uh, was drowned or had drowned and set white folks off into t- attacking against black folks. Um, hundreds of homes were destroyed just like what, what later happened in Tulsa. Militia was called out not to protect black folks, but to protect white folks and their rights. Um, Northeast, uh, the Northeast, Ohio Feder- Northeast Federation of Colored Women's Clubs denounced these riots in Chicago and claimed that the government should do something about it. Um, Knoxville, Tennessee, another riot after the suspicion, the suspect, the rumor, the innuendo of a white woman being challenged and compromised, burns out the black district in Knoxville, Tennessee. Omaha, Nebraska, same thing. Ethnic whites attacked The courthouse trying to pull a prisoner out of prison. Denial again of the 14th and 15th Amendment rights. Attacks a black community because they couldn't get the black man out of jail or break him out of jail. Elaine Phillips County, Arkansas. Same thing. Um, Black folks challenging and crossing a district uh, that was supposed to be designated for whites. Black sharecroppers in this case attacked and 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 burned out. Uh, the jury found no one in, in uh, of any wrongdoing in any of these cases. Um, but my point, I guess, here is that again, these same things happen as a result of black men and women trying to stand and defend themselves. Um, rumor and innuendo violation of the 13th and 14th and 15th amendment, as I mentioned, no due process, none. Those who were in jail supposedly waiting for a fair trial of their peers never got it because in some cases folks were snatched out of jail and lynched. All you have to do is look at the photographer or the photographic book without sanctuary. And that will show you some of the outcomes of this kind of violence attacked put up put upon against prisoners where folks were dragged out of jail and hung in the counties in the city square on trees in some cases that are still standing in some of these southern communities totally without cause african americans attacked the perpetrators no no pointing of fingers no jail sentences no loss of property, life or limb, no retribution, no 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 compensation, rather, to those African communities that suffered at the hands of these. Local police forces either were part of the mob or stood by and watched the mob go cuckoo and let it happen and attack African community. State militia never called. Feds never called. Governors didn't see fit to call the feds in to do any kind of protection of the civil rights of African-American community. Uh, And lastly, those federal officials did nothing to follow up to protect the rights of those African-American community folks who were burned out. These are not all the cities that were burned out. But I will say for anyone who wants to do a full read on these cities, get Mary Frances Berry's book, Black Resistance, White Law. And she, in her text, explains how from colonial times to the present, to then present the civil rights period, the feds were never called to protect African-American life, property, or rights. So that should tell you the mindset that was going on at the time. And to some extent, still goes on today. Again, I thank you for taking time to listen. I thank you for connecting the dots with me. So we wonder when we think of all of these things, we must think why we have not had the retribution to the level that we would be duly expected to have. And this happens not only in the United States, I will mind you, but on the continent of Africa, going through and dealing with colonialism, dealing with the same thing and the same kind of maltreatment at the hands of colonial owners who felt it was their job to own and control the people, the land, the resources of the continent of Africa. So I want to thank you for listening to this follow-up to the Tulsa 100-year commemoration of the uh, massacre. Use freely any of this information that you have learned today in your daily travels, in your work and discussion with others. If you choose to, you may follow me on any of the following social media platforms. On Facebook, I am Designs by Deborah Calhoun. On the YT, I am Diamond in the Rough Two Words. On Instagram, I am Rough Diamond824. And on Twitter, you may follow me at History Sister. Thank you again, and I will see you next time.